You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Hello, my lovelies. What's everybody doing? Is everybody awake? We're not. No. <laughs> that was the most boringest the most game. Boringest. <laughs> the most boringest game between two of the NBA's best teams that I have seen in all my 49 years of life. <laughs> this is Brady Trantham. I'm sitting next to Madison Morris. As you can tell, uh, I am struggling through this intro. I am dragging through this intro. And that's what the Thunder's offense did, Madison. Oh, my good! Until about you know, mid-third quarter, mm-hmm. uh, all the way into the fourth quarter until the Sixers went on that 10-0 run when Russell Westbrook tied it at 92 uh, with two and a half minutes left. They went on a 10-0 run, controlled it till the end. Um, it just it felt like it was a game that I never felt like the Thunder were going to win. No matter how many runs they went on, the Sixers just would hit timely shots after timely shots. Um, Tobias Harris was incredible tonight. Uh, ben Simmons played the entire damn game. Um, <laughs> uh, Markeith Moore started, r- certainly showed his rust in the starting lineup. Dennis Schroeder started the second half, Markeith uh, off the bench. Uh, just an odd game. No Paul George, no Joel Embiid, no Boban. Uh, no Hamadou Diallo, slam dunk mm. champion. Dang, what, yeah. What the hell's going on, Billy? I don't. This <laughs> this kind of was like a like Brady said. It was a little bit boring because first of all, I was super irked that Joel Embiid was not here. You were irked. I was irked. I was very very irked, and I'll tell you guys why. Because right now, because this changes quite frequently. I am a big fan of Joel Embiid just because I like his Twitter and I think he's a funny troll, but also I like the way he plays and I enjoy watching him when he does play with the 76ers, but tonight he wasn't here. And so that automatically kind of made me a little, not uninterested in the game, but more disinterested just because I knew there wasn't going to be any feud between Russell and Joel, which was going to wake everyone up for sure. And then there was no Paul George, which is, you're just kind of like, oh shoot, like, is this going to be back to when Russell had to carry the team after Kevin Durant left and before Paul George got here? So it was just kind of a weird deal. But, um, yeah, other than that, this game was a little interesting until, yes, the Thunder did make a comeback there late in the third quarter, and it looked like, oh, well, this is the, th- the third quarter that people know the Thunder to have. But then it just it just went downhill, and like Brady said, Tobias Harris was lethal tonight. Um, he was just – he was incredible. He was 5 of 7 from the three-point line. Uh, 11 and 19 on the floor overall. Finished with 32 points. No offensive rebounds though. What a what a garbage what player. A garbage player. But I mean, if you're gonna have a guy on the opposing team, okay. Also, someone's Bless coughing you. very grossly behind us. Um, if you're gonna have, oh god, <laughs> it's still going on. Classic Chesapeake Energy Arena. Yes, we are in Chesapeake. But if sorry, I'm gonna finish this thought. Please do. Okay, she won't stop coughing though. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. She's still going. <laughs> I wish you guys could hear this, but we're just going to talk it through. When you have a guy like Tobias Harris on the opposing team that's going to shoot like that and that's going to perform for all 39 minutes he played tonight, then that's that's why you're going to get beat. And I'm referring to the Thunder because that's exactly what they did. They lost a third straight game, and they allowed the 76ers to take the win over them for the first time since 2008. Yeah, the Thunder sure coughed up a lung in this one. Um, <laughs> oh, that was good. It's just been 
I mean, these last, you go back to that New Orleans game, uh, right the right before the uh, All-Star break, there's just been a theme, and the Utah game has been kind of the the outlier here in, in that stretch. The, the Thunder just have not shot the ball well, particularly from the three-point line, and I asked Billy about it in the post game, and he he did talk about how there's more of an onus on the uh, opponents to defend the perimeter against them now as opposed to earlier weeks, earlier months in the season when everybody knew, yeah, the scouting report says this team doesn't shoot the ball well. So maybe maybe teams, maybe players, uh, opponents were a little bit uh, half-assy or lazy on their um, closeouts on the perimeter. But since guys like Schroeder, uh, Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson, and Paul George been shooting uh, 40% or above from the three-point line, uh, in, in that uh, stretch, two weeks from two weeks on up until the All Star break, there's been a, more of a, I guess, a scouting report. Okay, go defend these guys. Right. And now it's showing because, uh, what was it? Denver, the Thunder shot what nine of twenty? Like they didn't, they did not shoot the ball well from the three point line. Uh, tonight they shot eight of twenty seven. Sacramento they shot terribly, but everybody kind of chalked that up to the second night of a back to back after a double overtime game. That made sense. Oh, she's <laughs> take back. A, take, take a shot every time you hear it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just I, I don't know if it's a case of the Thunder kind of coming back down to earth and reverting to what they probably are as a as a shooting team. I don't think that because I think Terrence Ferguson is incredibly talented. I think he's a great shooter. I think Jeremy Grant, particularly from the corner, is lethal. And he's not a volume three-point shooter. He's a guy that only shoots when he gets set mm-hmm. up. Terrence Ferguson can – he has the ability to not just create his own – not necessarily create his own shot, but uh, with his movement off the ball, he's more liable to get, I guess, more opportunities as opposed to Jeremy Grant. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is going to have the ball in his hands all the time. Paul George is going to have the ball in his hands all the time. Uh, and these guys, except for Dennis Schroeder, are all great from the three-point line. Um, I, I just think that they're going through a little bit of a tough stretch right now. And especially if your MVP candidate and Paul George is not going to be shooting the ball well. And, of course, he didn't play tonight. But uh, who knows how he would have done tonight. Uh, if your MVP candidate isn't shooting the ball well, I hate to say it, it's it's trickling down to the rest of this team except for Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Dennis even said in the post game tonight because he was asked uh, by our friend Dylan Dylan Buckingham. Dylan, Dylan Buckingham. Dylan Buckingham asked him, "What is the panic level of this team right now?" And that was a really great question. I think it was perfectly asked because it was to Dennis and not someone else. But Dennis immediately says, hell no. Like, there's no panic level. Madison, and, you curse. Oh, I'm so sorry, everybody. Uh, Doesn't your entire family listen to this heck podcast? no. I think they've heard me say that before. Oh, my but goodness. But he did say that there's no panic level right now. That's kind of the overall simple answer that these guys are going to give us no matter what. But, I mean, I, I really did believe Dennis when he said that. There's no panic level right now. Uh, he did call Paul George the MVP. He was like, Paul George is the MVP, in my opinion. Uh, he wasn't here tonight, so obviously that's going to affect the team. <laughs> Come on, this lady needs a cough drop or some yeah, water. Some, I'm sorry, everybody, but I cannot focus. She is dying out there. Somebody but... give old girl five right now. <laughs> Good God. But Dennis Schroeder, he was just very blunt and honest with his answer to that, and he said yes. <laughs> I can't. Yes. Basketball, <laughs> basketball must persevere. <laughs> <laughs> She's coughing up a lung out there. Um, 
So, I mean, yeah, Dennis did give a very honest answer, and it was actually a really good answer just because uh, he was very straightforward saying there's no panic level right now. Uh, the guys are going to be fine. They are going to have to deal with stuff like this, but they're going to have to leave it behind and move on, or it's going to affect the way that they play future games. Now, they do go to San Antonio on Saturday, and they immediately turn around, come back here, have a 6 o'clock game against the Grizzlies. I mean, I'm very curious to see how that's going to pan out for them just because as of late, back-to-backs haven't exactly worked out for them. Now, granted, that one against the Jazz was a double overtime, 8.30 tip-off, so it was a little crazy to begin with. But, I mean, they're going to say this. this. These aren't even really just my words. You can't blame it on that. You have to persevere and you have to get through it. So, even with a team like the Grizzlies coming here on Sunday, which I know is a little bit of a far stretch. There's other things to talk about right now, like San Antonio before. But, you know, you have to take into account all these different things that are coming up if you're going to determine how the rest of the season is going to pan out. The Spurs defense has been god-awful the last – like. Pretty much since that back-to-back against the Thunder, mm-hmm. where I mean that first that first game in San Antonio where they made every single three-pointer that they that they attempted. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much since that two-night stretch, the Spurs have been terrible, particularly on defense. But if the Thunder keep playing like they do on offense, going into San Antonio, they're going to make the Spurs look like the '85 Bears on defense. It's, right. <laughs> uh, um, it's just not looking particularly good. Uh, I guess a little inside info for everybody. Uh, what was it, Tuesday night? Yeah, it was Tuesday night when we were in Denver. Yes. It's oh, it's all bleeding together. Um, Tuesday night, Madison and I are in the locker room after the uh, Thunder lost to the Nuggets, and we're just standing in the locker room waiting to talk to all the players that they were going to give us. Uh, Paul was getting – Paul George was getting uh, some treatment mm-hmm. behind us in, like, the little training area. Um, didn't really think that much of it. Typically, some guys will stay in the locker room a little bit longer. And, the, like, these, the times where we don't talk to Paul George – because we're always going to talk to Russell and Paul no matter what. The times where we don't get either one of those guys, typically it's because they're getting treatment or they're in the cold tub a little right. bit longer. And it's just like, all right, this is this has been an hour. Let's just all go home. Um, he was getting treatment, so nobody really thought anything to ask. Uh, Brett Dawson from The Athletic asked the Thunder that night um, if there was anything to be worried about with Paul. At the time, they said no. Um, and then, of course, everybody understood earlier before tip-off that Paul George was uh, out with shoulder soreness. Um, to the extent of that, I, I don't know because there was there was nothing that really stood out when I'm trying to think about um, the Nuggets game on Tuesday that, oh, that, yeah, he fell to the ground like, all right, his shoulder screwed up. Mm-hmm. Or he Everything looked fine, so it's probably one of those deals where he woke up the next day and it just felt worse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll just say this. I'll be surprised if he doesn't play against San Antonio. I think Tonight was probably a, just a good opportunity, like for the Thunder to just all right sit down. They don't have Joel Embiid, you know. It's you know one superstar down. We'll put a superstar down, but I don't think it's going to be that serious. But um, the bright spot about this game, uh, Jeremy Grant, 10 of 17, 23 points, uh, two of five from the three-point line. Uh, him and Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson only had seven points. He had a big three in that in that run to get the Thunder within two and then ultimately tie the game late in the fourth quarter. I thought those two played exceptionally well, uh, particularly with Terrence Ferguson on Jimmy Butler. Uh, Jimmy, of course, had 20 points, uh, 9 of 20, though, from the floor, 0 of 2 from the three-point line. Nothing – it really – you'd be hard-pressed, at least me. I was a little hard-pressed to like, oh, yeah, Jimmy Butler's on the floor. And it was because Terrence was doing such a great job 
of forcing him into tough opportunities. And the the big glaring um, example of Terrence's game tonight was that final possession where if the Thunder just get a stop and then get the rebound, mm-hmm. they would have you know 10, 12 seconds left in the game, timeout, ball um, ball in you know the Thunder's hands with a chance to tie or take take the lead. Uh, Billy, Don- Billy Donovan in the post game, of course talked about if they were able to get that rebound because Terrence forces Jimmy into a terrible shot. The Sixers miss, and then Ben Simmons gets the rebound over, Mm -hmm. I think, Russell Westbrook or Steven Adams. Um, This is probably going to make everybody pissed off (laughs) if you've been following this team for the last month and a half, particularly going back to that Boston loss. Billy pretty much alluded to the fact that if they had got the rebound, he was just going to let Russell run with it. Mm -hmm. And this is bit this team twice – that Boston loss where um, Russell gets the rebound, loses the ball on a Kyrie Irving swipe, Thunder lost that game. The end of regulation against Utah where Russell gets the rebound under 10 seconds left and he runs down court, misses a bad three-point shot. Um, that's you know that's something I think needs to be addressed mm-hmm. because I understand Billy's philosophy in that Russell Westbrook's the fastest guy in the NBA with the ball in his hands, and if you if your defense is scrambling backing up you got to like your chances. I'm sorry, I don't like your chances. I, I really don't. If this is 2016-17 Russell Westbrook, oh, yeah, go. Yeah. MVP. He's going to make everything he gets the, he gets at the rim, and if he doesn't make it, he's going to get the foul, and he's going to be a high-clip free-throw shooter. This year is different. Mm-hmm. Russell's been shooting a little bit better these last few weeks. Tonight was kind of a normal Russell Westbrook game for this season. He was only 8 of 24 one of nine from the three-point line. I mean, you, everybody kind of knew that was happening with no Paul George. He was going to let it fly. Right. Um, six of nine from the free-throw line. I, I don't know, but I'm just curious, Madison. I mean, like, you, what you've seen from this team, what would you rather have under 10 seconds? Would you rather an out-of-bounds, you know, half-court offense with Billy Dahman, who's pretty successful with those mm-hmm. examples, or give the ball to Russ and try to make let him outrun a scrambling defense. No. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say no to that right now. There were a lot of instances, not only in this game, but I'm just going to go ahead and stick to this game right now. A lot of instances tonight where Russell had the ball and it looked like he was going to make a great play, but he tries to uh, get a little too fancy, get a little too tricky, or um, kind of get himself too wrapped up in the defenders that are just waiting below the rim for him. But he'll try to pass it back out. He'll try to bounce it to Steven, kind of surprise him, either kick it out to Terrence or Jeremy that's uh, waiting on the wing. But it just it hasn't been working for quite some time now. There are sometimes it works, but I think he even surprises his own teammates when he kicks it out so hard like that. And I'm I'm not gonna sit here and call it like reckless or anything, but it's not exactly something I trust anymore just because I've seen it fail so many times. Um, I just I don't know. My thing with Russell right now is he's not the player that I would pick to finish out a game, especially not this season. If I want to see a guy finish out the game and make a really tough shot that's going to secure a win, uh, do a buzzer beater, something super exciting. I would rather kick it out to, I mean, I know Terrence hasn't really had the best shooting from three-point the past couple of games, but he has been able to prove that over the past couple of months. So I'd either pick Terrence Ferguson, Jeremy Grant. Obviously, if Paul George is in the game, that's definitely a more reliable thing right now. But uh, the thing with Russell right now is I think he's making too many turnovers. He's making too many sloppy mistakes. And that's not really me dogging on Russell right now. It's just that he's not having the same kind of success that he has in previous seasons when he 
is utilizing his teammates. Yes, he's still getting uh, triple doubles out the wazoo. I don't. Did he ever get his he, triple double? He actually tonight? he randomly he, he got the most random triple double in the history of his triple doubles. <laughs> 11 rebounds, 11 assists, however many damn points he scored. Um, 23. No, it's Obviously, this scenario didn't happen. The Thunder didn't get that last rebound to right. put the ball in Russell Westbrook's hands, so God knows what would have happened. But we've seen this twice now. Um, you know, the Thunder, for as great as they've been, they've had some curious, questionable um, philosophies as to how they're going to end games, whether it's those two examples that actually happened, the, the possibility – of tonight's example where Billy pretty much told us, yeah, I was just going to let Billy run with it. Mm -hmm. And then those two examples where um, in a half-court offense, out-of-bounds setup, they set up Alex Abrianis back when he was still with the team against New Orleans and Minnesota, and he missed those both. Um, I feel those four examples I agreed with at the time, but now that I'm looking back on it with, you know, a wider scope, I just – I want a little bit more – like in the moment coaching from Billy Don. I think mm-hmm. Billy Don's a fantastic coach. I think he's he's got a high basketball IQ. I think he has a great grasp on how to just let your guys go do their thing and then also, I guess, lord yourself over the team as the coach mm-hmm. and trying to find mismatches, trying to find examples where you can draw up something that will make the team scoring the basketball easier. I I just – here's the hot take. Because you kind of talked about with um, – I don't know if you want to hit Terrence Ferguson for a game, a potential game where Terrence Ferguson's, um, you know, in like December into uh, mid, the middle of February, that was the best that, – that was better three-point shooting than Alex Abrinas ever had mm-hmm. with his time with the Thunder for a, that long of a stretch. Alex Abrinas, of course, I think would win a three-point contest against Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. But the problem with Alex and his career with the Thunder was he would have like eight games in a row, incredible shooting, and then he would disappear. Yeah. Um, Tarrant now, Alex was typically off the bench, so that probably played into it a lot, uh, whereas Terrence is a starter and has a better, you know, he's on the he's on the floor with a better cast of characters more times than not. Um, but, again, in, in this hypothetical scenario where the Thunder get this rebound against Jimmy Butler, I would have preferred a timeout and maybe set up Terrence Ferguson in the corner, maybe set up Jeremy Grant. We've seen the Thunder kick it out to Jeremy Grant for potential game winner, Mm -hmm. I believe in overtime against Utah, where I think he missed. Um, But I I don't know. These are just things that they don't really matter right now. They don't matter in the regular season. They're just things that you keep in the back of your mind once you get into the postseason when when things actually matter. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. we're talking about um, things that didn't even happen in this game. That's <laughs> um, how boring tonight was. Um, but for you, Madison, no Kendall Jenner tonight. So Okay, I was a little bummed. I really didn't expect. For, real quick, for those who do not are not aware, not privy, explain who Kendall Jenner is, okay. what her association would be with, this, with these two teams. Okay, so if you've been living under a rock and you don't know who Kendall Jenner is, it's okay, guys. I mean, I don't know who some people are either. Uh, Kendall Jenner is part of the Kardashian-Jenner clan, and uh, they have that show that is uh, about keeping up with them and their super (laughs) exciting lives. It's about keeping up with them. (laughs) Yes, and if you can't tell, I'm being overly sarcastic right now because their lives are just so interesting. Um, So it's about basically their lives. Kendall Jenner is a model and a reality TV show star. And she is affiliated with uh, Mr. Ben Simmons. 
in, and I think they in have what a, way? In like a romantic way. In a romantic way. I believe way. they have a romantic uh, relationship kind of thing going, whatever you want to chalk that up to. So uh, she's actually been seen at a lot of home Philadelphia games. But I think, I mean, obviously, if uh, the 76ers are playing anywhere close to Los Angeles or just somewhere in California, usually Kendall Jenner is at those games, too. I had this running theory that for some reason or whatever reason (laughs) that might be that Kendall Jenner would be here in Oklahoma City tonight. Was I correct? No. I looked for her thoroughly throughout the entire game. She was not here. Um, so maybe they're like taking a break or something, or she just really oh, didn't want to come to Oklahoma goodness. City. We're speculating on the OKC82 podcast. Right I know. Now. I'm just making lots and lots of guesses right now. Play. No, I'm just kidding. But um, in a more serious note, I uh, was a little disappointed. You know, uh, kind of yeah. wanted to see Kendall Jenner. Yeah, we could have had the one-on-one interview, Madison Morris, the exclusive one-on-one super with Kendall exclusive Jenner. with uh, Kendall Jenner, whatever. So she many is. questions. So many questions. I would have to ask that lady. Here's another question for you, Madison. Yes. Uh, it's the second game in the row that the Thunder have lost. Um, it's also the second game in a row where they've outscored their opponents in the second half. Right. Um, T- this team, which in the first part of the year, their bread and butter was the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, middle part of the year when they were having success, it was just getting out to fast starts and keeping their foot on the on the pedal um, the entire game. Now it's just been some sloppy defensive starts, mm-hmm. some very lethargic offensive starts, and then they kick it into high gear in the second half. But, you know, anybody that's played basketball, the worst thing you can do is let an opponent – get into a rhythm right and I, i'm just curious do you want if you had to choose between the two would you rather your team that you're on that you're covering have a fast start or just be money in the second half because if the thunder are going to keep starting slow i just don't know if they have the firepower to make up for it and what i mean by that is when they're down that's when you see russell shoot more mm-hmm. when they're down that's when you need to see paul george shooting more that takes away opportunities from Terrence Ferguson and Jeremy Grant and Dennis Schroeder even and uh, Abdul Nader who hit a three tonight. Um, I feel like like they don't need to be coming out like outscoring opponents forty to twenty in the first quarter. That's unrealistic. Right. But I just need to see a better start from the role players because they need to get into a rhythm and they need to get into the rhythm of the game where Russell and Paul and Dennis have the confidence in them that they can hit them at any point in the game with the confidence that they'll hit their shot. If the Thunder are down like they were tonight, 37-26 to 26 in the first quarter, that's it. Like, Terrence Ferguson's not going to get that many looks. Right. Abdul Nader's not going to get that many looks. It's just going to be a Russell Westbrook three-point contest. And, uh, I mean, credit to Jeremy Grant because he kind of forced the issue with his 17 attempts, and he made 10 of them. He made it count. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just feel that a better start is a better recipe for this team as opposed to a second half, like just relying on the second half. No, I agree with you. And that's kind of a tricky question because I wish there was a happy medium, but there's not. Um, Yeah. Being down 11 points going into the second quarter is just, I think it puts a little bit of a funk over this team right now, just because you can kind of see it in the way they play. Exactly what Brady said, Russell Westbrook uh, starts just jacking up really garbage, weird shots. And then, uh, complaining to the refs if he doesn't get fouled. So it's just kind of like a, uh, I don't know, because I agree with you when you say I don't think this team has the firepower right now to completely turn it on in the second half and secure a win after being down pretty – I mean, they were down by 16 at one point in the first half. So I don't think they have the firepower. Uh, Brady and I have talked a lot about how this team does have a lot of fight in them, and we definitely stand by that because I fully believe they do. 
But another thing that I think is that this team, just kind of what we've seen now that the season is coming to a close, what we've seen is that these guys will do better throughout an entire game if they start off pretty strong not like too strong to where they kind of lose the momentum as the game goes on but if they start out strong they start out really good on offense uh playing like some pretty decent defense letting teams i mean not letting teams score easy open shots then i think they're going to be able to carry that out throughout the game but if they start out super slow have an 11 point deficit going into the second quarter uh things just not looking good going into halftime i mean as of late, I haven't really seen an absolutely spectacular third quarter. I mean, they've had some good ones, and obviously they were able to pull it back to a tie tonight in the third quarter. But it's just I, I would rather them start off a little bit stronger so they can just carry on or carry on with that throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean it's weird because I do think this team has good firepower across the board. Right. But the firepower is balanced out to the point where you're depending on guys. Um, I guess lower they're they're just lower on the food chain and what I mean by that is um, Russell Westbrook playing with Russell Westbrook you've got to you've got to play well you've got to hit your shots you've got to earn his trust mm-hmm. otherwise he's just not going to give you that many opportunities he's just going to put the onus on to himself trying to win every single game especially mm-hmm. if Paul George is, isn't out so that's what I mean um, yeah it's it was a bad game it was a boring game the arena was quiet uh the guy, the guy or girl behind us is done coughing now. So maybe we should stop podcast, <laughs> podcasting now. Yeah, um, our apologies for breaking out into fits of laughter as we listened to a lady behind us cough up her lungs. It was just a little uh, it was, unsettling. It was fun. I, I hope he or she is I, he or she is okay. I think it's a she. I think it was a she. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna go with yes. Um, but yeah, like Brady said, it was just kind of a. I hate using the word disappointing because you know when your parents are like, "I'm not mad. I'm disappointed." That's like mm. ten times worse. Um, but this game was a little bit disappointing. I expected a lot more coming into tonight just with a team like the Thunder being as talented and as fresh as they are and then a team like Philadelphia who just brings a lot of excitement to their games. I, I don't know. I was kind of expecting a lot. And did I read this right, that they were on a 19-game losing streak? Against the Thunder? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The last, the last time that they beat the Thunder, it was their fir- the Thunder's first season in Oklahoma City. Um, and that's also when the, the winning streak started. Uh, yeah, it has spanned the entire the entirety of the Philadelphia process. So there and, you have it. And yeah, um, Joel Embiid was not a part not a part of cracking that streak, but you know what? These things happen. Everyone's disappointed tonight, I'm sure, except for Ben Simmons, who's going home to his lovely, lovely girlfriend. <laughs> um, Gosh, Kendall Jenner. I'm disgusted. Um, but yeah, yeah. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this half-assed OKC82 podcast. I actually had a lot of fun recording this yeah, one. I well, hope you guys. Enjoyed. I always, it, I always have fun recording a podcast with you, Madison. Oh, but uh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, but uh, sadly, we missed um, The Thunder lose 108 to 104. They have two days off or a day off. We'll play in San Antonio Saturday night and then return back for the second half back to back against the Memphis Grizzlies before going off on a four game road trip. This is a brutal, brutal, brutal stretch for the Thunder. Uh, but for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham. Everybody have a good night.